podcast designed to analyze the games that we love, headlines of music, and the movies we can't forget. I'm your host, one of the Burns, the podcast brought to you by Morris. How's it going, man? It shows colder and colder, bro. What's going on, man? It's like, man, how did you do it? How did you do it? <laughs> it's cold, bro. How's everything, brother? Going good, man. Ready, ready to get into a lot of topics, at, at, as always. And um, for this episode, obviously, the NBA free agency trade requests are, are, are going up. Album reviews and the second half, we're going to do a review of Ray. To start off with Damian Lillard's trade request and, and you know where he might end up. Um, over this past weekend, Lillard made this, this announcement official after um, spending the first 11 seasons of his career with the team. The Heat, Clippers, and 76ers are the three teams that have expressed interest in acquiring him. Uh, but Miami is the only team he prefers to go to. And whenever I hear a, a player say there's only one team I prefer to go to, I'm like, it's going to be a long, happens. it's going to be a long road for you because. No player gets what they want unless no. they are just like the the top tier, like a lister, and just can demand something. Because the the owners, the general managers, they're going to have the leverage in the in the trade. Um, even if he does get to a contender, it's not guaranteed he's going to get to go where he wants to. Like, what did you think about th- this trade request, and, and, and you know how the process might look for him? It's about time, uh, but thinking about the next step in this journey, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna like where things are gonna head, and I don't. He's definitely gonna end up in in Miami because Miami doesn't have anything to give. It'll be different if he was a free agent and he yeah. was able to choose and pick where he wanted to go, and you know, you know, figure out his contract. But you have to be traded. The only couple spots that that make sense, and now it looks better for them is the Celtics. I think number one has to be the the Celtics. They they have the the pieces to get rid of. Jalen Brown did not show up in the East, you know, the the, the conference finals last yeah. year. Well this year, sorry. And he didn't look like he was uh needed to be there. I don't I don't know why they got rid of Marcus Smart instead, but I think if they wanted to deal him away, I think that'll be a good exchange mm-hmm. with possibly probably a, another pick or something to get Damian Lillard. I think it's a, a perfect situation for him. I think he'll gel well with Jason Tatum. He's yeah. another guy who can take uh, the edge off for him. If Jason doesn't want to be the guy and take the big shots, Damian Lillard has shown over yeah, and Lillard over. Has he can no be problem the big taking time. over for the big at all, <laughs> at all. It's Dame time, right? It's Dame time. What do you say? It's Dame time. Dame time. <laughs> it's Dame time. So th- that makes sense. And obviously, you have the Clippers. I thought were, were his number two as well. But what makes sense and where I think he'll fit well, it has to be the, the Celtics. There's there's another possible way. They just got Chris Burke. I'm not gonna say his name. <sighs> I We're just talking that about that. <laughs> but no, I think Celtics would be a good situation for them. There, a lot of history. They make it to the conference finals <laughs> each year. They fall short, or they they go make a run in the playoffs. And I think that's what he's been missing. He, he hasn't got that. He hasn't got that feel. So I think he would would definitely gel well with being with the the Celtics, and they have the pieces to go get him. Yeah, definitely. And I mean. From Boston's perspective, they have, like you said, every year um, they, they kind of get to that point of just being like, hey, we're we're in that mode of competing. Um, we can we can get to the conference finals. We can even get to the finals, but not finish, you know, finish the deal. Do you think it's one of those things where particularly this season they wanted to see? I know Tatum is, is going to be the, always be the focal point, but do you think they really yeah. wanted to see what Jalen Brown was going to do? Because in that game seven against Miami, he really really dropped the ball in terms of just like yes. really showing that, Hey, Tatum's not having a good game. He got, he had an injury first play of the game. Now I have to be that guy. And he was, was not that at all for them. He was non-existent. And I think what, 
at coming from a general manager uh, standpoint, you're looking at all the pieces that you have on your organization and you look who is, you know, expendable. Yeah. Who, who who am I not going to get rid of and who can I get rid of? And I think Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown got on the chopping block after this, after this playoff uh, run. Cause like you said, when Jason Tatum got injured the first play, he was, he was still trying to do the things he normally does, but Jalen Brown had the opportunity to show his, his, his stock. And I think his yeah. stock went down with the Celtics, but I think it could be picked up from another team and organization. And I think, Again, at a general manager standpoint, I can deal him away with a piece of mom because he has not shown me that his stock is enough to stay here in this well oil machine. We see they got rid of Marcus Smart without hesitation. He's one of the best defensive players and one of the best p- people on the basketball team and one of the leaders, and they right. got rid of him with no hesitation. So I think you deal away. They're going to make moves. They're going to make moves because <laughs> you look at they got rid of Marcus Smart and, you know, Derek White is a good basketball player, but he's not a, a true point guard. They need a true point guard. Damian Lillard can fill that spot and then they won't have to give that much away to attain him. So it just right. it, it looks better if he goes to the Celtics and they have the opportunity to get him. Yeah. So go get him. Go Please. do it. <laughs> it's to time. get over the hump. That's that's the get over the hump guy. That's, that's the move. That's who you need. That's that the move. Is, that is the move. Um, and now transitioning to Kyrie staying in Dallas, um, he's agreed to a three-year, $126 million deal return to the Mavericks. And uh, the Mavs governor, Mark Cuban, and general manager, Nico Harrison, said before the offseason that um, re-signing Urban was the franchise's top offseason priority. Um, and, and Kyrie, he knew, I think at a certain point, hey, teams, you know, there's that report of him meeting with the Suns. No team can pick him up. He had to stay with Dallas. Like It was getting to that point of just like, the Lakers, they were making moves with just bringing yeah. back their young core. They, 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 with all the moves that they were making, they showed, hey, we have the intentionality of just staying young and trying to build yes. around LeBron and AD. We're not trying to go after the big three. Um, no. That that was that was really the nail in the coffin when when the Lakers did that. Like, what did you think about Kyrie staying in Dallas, and also what Luca has to do to kind of like, obviously Kyrie's going to be the same player that he is. He's a phenomenal phenomenal offensive talent. But defensively, that's where it's going to be very predictable at times. I'm going to say this. The big three, you know, epidemic is is going to come to a halt here shortly. Because to be able to get the big three, you have to sacrifice a lot of other supporting cast pieces. You're not going to be able to have a, an extended bench. So with that being said, I think that's what the Lakers thought about. Like, hey, LeBron is in his later years. Kyrie Irving has a timestamp. He's he's getting to that age, uh, basketball age. Now we have to get these young guys and retain them. That's why you go keep Austin Reeves and right. get some other little short pieces of Cam Reddish and all that stuff. But I think Kyrie staying in there, I think that shows uh, a, a lot of a growth as a as a basketball player because it was a lot of things shadowing him last year. Now you could just play basketball. Just play basketball. Try to figure out how to how to play with Luca. They still have a couple pieces to figure out with the power forward and center position. Yeah. So they have a lot of things they need to do. Yes, Kyrie Irving's checked off the box. I mean, checked off the board. But now you have to go get a, a decent power forward in a center. I think they should try to try, uh, trade for DeAndre DeAndre Aiden. I think he would fit well with those three guys. Yeah. They have enough money to go get him. They have enough, you know supporting cast bench players to to get them over the hump. I think you yeah. need a solidified point power forward or a center. You got Kyrie Irving, you got Luka, you need another guy. I think uh, Aiden is one of those guys. Yes, he has a huge contract. He just got the big contract and, you know, being able to do that. But I think they have enough cap space to be able to do it because they need yeah. it because they don't have a starting power forward or center right now. Right. 
and that's the thing. It's the realist. It's the the reality of like, okay, you got Kyrie, you re-signed Kyrie. Now you got to fill out the roster. You got to do like yes. just the the basic offseason things to like actually uh, make this team like even whole. In terms of the fact that Luca, I mean, he, he had that type of the, the the type of year where they don't get into the play in. Um, mm-hmm. they, they are really in, ter- in terms of just shortcomings. They have big leads, but they can't close out games. Like, what did you like? What do you think has to change for them next year to like be that team that can build those big leads, but actually like find a way to close games and and continue like to to climb up the ranks in the West? You know, I this is starting being like a reoccurring thing. I say we talked about this. I, you know, all we talked, yeah. we, we talked about this. They're, the the two biggest woes they had last year was free throw shooting was number one. They had a terrible percentage from the free throw. That's you change that, you change the the flow of the game. You change, you get those easy points, and you get that you you get that the extraness. I would say when it comes to to the basketball game, because if you make your free throws, you're going to win. Yeah, How many good. ball games we've seen that people you know win with their free throws? So that was the big in their perimeter. No, no, their defense, their defense. They didn't have any good wing defenders. Not they they. Stops. <laughs> No, and they conducted this this team off of three point shooting. Right. The Dallas Mavericks was conducted to be a three point shooting machine, but they for, they forgot to make their free throws and they forgot to be wing defenders. Yeah. So now you have to you have to fix those two problems. That's that was that's why they couldn't close, and and that's why they couldn't get over the hump. And then you go get Kyrie late, and then you resign him. Now you receive you you resign Kyrie Irving. Now you got to deal with Luca next year, or I think in two years his contract is going to be up. So now you got to figure out if he's going to stay. That's going to be the it's, biggest it's, it's, crossroad. Yeah, it's the same thing. Is Kyrie signing enough to to keep Luca there? And do you have enough supporting cast players who can wing defend and also make their free throws? Yeah, and I, I mean, if you change those two things, they're 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 a top five hundred team. They were oh, right yeah. above it. They won thirty eight games, lost 44, 38 and forty four. They just that's what they need to get over the hump. Make their free throws, be way, be uh better wing defenders, and make sure Luca is happy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things to do. Hey, you just gotta make sure Luca is happy. <laughs> we know how that goes with superstars being disgruntled. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Cause we know Kyrie can't lead a team and just Mm-mm. call it spade a spade. And yeah, Luca leaves in two years and Kyrie's still there because I think he had a three-year contract. Right. Then I don't think your team is as good as it would be with Luca on it. And I'll give Luca his 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 flowers. Luca flowers. is the heart and soul of that basketball team, for sure. Um, and that's interesting to, to to Fred VanVleet's massive new contract and the signing with the Rockets. I mean, agreed on, on a three year, one hundred thirty million contract with Houston. And this was the the first max contract of this free agency period, and also the largest for any undrafted player in NBA history. Um, and it's interesting because Fred VanVleet has always been, you know, one of the um, the toughest guard for the Raptors. Um, kind of very consistent in terms of just you know leadership. Um, can can be a streaky shooter at times, but when he's on, like he's really on it. Um, and this is this is interesting because like the trajectory of his career, obviously being an undrafted player, being doubted at times, but like, like he always says, like the bet on yourself. Like like he's used that motto right. for so long, and, and it and it really paid off here. Like, what did you think about you know him this signing for him, and also him going to a Rockets team that is. They have been verbal about wanting to stay away from James Harden, not wanting to go back to that route and just like build up a, a young a young team and just a, a, a rebuild the core. Like, 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 what are your initial takeaways? You know, 
at first I was like, he's not, he, well, not at first, he's not worth that contract, to be completely honest with you. I don't think Fred Van Vliet is worth that contract, averaging 19 points a game. Uh, his three-point percentage has declined yes. since it's, uh since he's been known in the league and then winning the, the NBA championship, his, he has declined a lot as a basketball player. And I think Houston has been listening to Drake talking about I got money to blow because they've been blowing. Then you go – we're not talking about Houston. We're, we're talking about friend of the fleet because they are the <laughs> biggest L-takers in, in this free agency. I don't understand what they were thinking. But anywho, Fred Van Fleet has declined. I think the only biggest thing he brings to the table is his free throw percentage. And last year, another team who was worse, who was terrible after yeah. free purple percentage was the Houston Rockets. They had a young team, young and dumb. They didn't have any direction. They're just right. flowing, going, just playing basketball. And I think he brings that element. But if he's declining his three-point shooting, that's what he's known for. And he's only averaging 19 points a game. Why is he worth that contract? Why give him that? I don't. I didn't understand the move. I didn't understand this move. I didn't understand him going and get uh dude with two braids, light skin dude with a big forehead. <laughs> I didn't understand that either. And they gave him a crazy contract too, like he was him. And man, I can't re- tell you what he averaged. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> they they're the that's biggest that L take Paul business savvy. That's just that that rich Paul business business. Uh, he he got Draymond secure. He got Fred VanVleet. Rich Paul is just, he's just having an amazing summer. He's like, if you're, he if, is. if you are working with Rich Paul, you are going to get the bag. You're not worth it, but you're going to get it. <laughs> I'll tell you that. He's like, hey, you're not worth this, but I'm going to make sure you get it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure you get it for what you did five years ago, brother. <laughs> I got you. Potential. I got you. But now nah, I just understand that move. Fran, Vliet, Fran Van Fleet has declined the past five years and he's not a leader. He wasn't a leader. With the Toronto Raptors, he's not going to be a leader for these young guys in Houston. They're going to look at him like, bro, you got that contract? You're not even that. You're not even like that, bro. Yeah. But, I mean, Draymond resigned. I know the Warriors want – Steve Kerr said, hey, if we don't if we don't bring back Draymond, we're not a championship contender. That And, and that was – they their offseason has been extremely <laughs> interesting. Their offseason has been extremely yes. because bringing, like we said, yes. bringing on Chris Paul that was not what we, we would have we would have predicted. No, but, but like, what what do you think about like this team in terms of Golden State? Like, they're obviously kind of in that in that older phase of their run, but they did want to keep the core of of Steph, Clay, and Draymond together. Kaminga, obviously, um, Kavon Looney, but they also know that there's more pieces that that they got to get before the offseason's over. They're, I think they're gearing up to play small ball. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff right. circulating. Obviously, they don't have a guy over 6'9", uh, <laughs> which is which is extremely interesting. And I think they're gearing up to play a lot of small ball. And I think that's obviously what the league has gone to. There was no power forward to center taken in the draft. In the top, yeah. I think it was top 20 or top 30. So I think they're gearing up to see. The Warriors are so good at looking at what's coming next. What's we're thinking. What, Forward yeah, thinking. forward thinking. What's gonna? What's gonna? Where's the league going? Okay, we're gonna play small ball. There's there's no solidified big man in the league anymore. I don't consider Joel and B that the big man. Over. That era is extremely low. They're versatile. They're versatile fours and fives. They can literally play threes as well. I think small forward should just go away. I don't know <laughs> what that is anymore. Yeah, but what is the definition of that anymore? Because <laughs> most of these guys ain't small. Like I don't. <laughs> 
I guess I don't know, I don't understand the terminology yeah. of basketball half the time, but man, I just just looking at what they're doing, bringing Draymond back, I thought it was it was a good idea, not for that huge of a contract, Rich Paul. Okay, with Rich Paul effect, I don't think he deserves that big of a contract, <laughs> yeah, but I do Paul think effect. he's, <laughs> I do think he's vital when it comes to facilitating. But then you're going to take that facilitation away with having Chris Paul. Is Chris Paul going to come off the bench? Is Draymond going to come off the bench? I think not. So now you got to figure out, you're going to have Steph Curry, who's a true point guard. You have Chris Paul, who's a true point guard. You have Draymond, who thinks he's a point guard. So you got all these guys who needs the ball in their hands. Might be a mess. (laughs) Yeah, Draymond will have to change his role. He's going to understand. He's going to have to be the rebounder guy. He's going to have to be the enforcer. You can't facilitate anymore. You can't bring the ball up the court anymore. We got Chris for that. We got Steph for that. So there's going to be some tough talks this offseason. Be like, hey, Draymond, we brought you back, but this is your role. Yeah. So. He's got accepted. He's got accepted. He don't have to. He old dude now. <laughs> Gray hair in his that, beard. <laughs> yeah, all that pepper in there. Gray hair in <laughs> the beard. Man. Whenever I get to the gray hair and the beard part, I'm gonna have to look at myself differently, bro. I, I'm enjoying yeah. this. <laughs> I don't want to get stuck. <laughs> I had I had two or three here. I fucked the real fast. <laughs> like, nope, it's not happening. No, no, not no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, and, and now getting into James Harden's uh, free agency options. Uh, Harden has recently declined his 35.6 million options to enter free agency. And a specific specific objectives are to land a four year contract and a team that will. Um, give him the freedom to play his style of basketball. <laughs> Harden, Harden is like, hey, let me play I'm the tired. way I want and just pay me. I'm like, tired. I love the- <laughs> I'm tired of I him. I love the fact that he's just got- <laughs> uh, But But in, in terms of, obviously, like, the, the Philly run, like, had a very disappointing game seven. Um, this is, I feel like we're just repeating ourselves. It's the same story with Harden. Like, he's just going to go to a team where he's going to get paid and can play the style he wants to play. His style of play is outdated for him. He's not the same guy. He gave us one game where he scored, what, it was 40 points? Yeah. 40 points, I think, like 42, about eight assists. And the next game, he was a dud. That style of play is for you is outdated. You have to change. And I think he's that type of player who's so stubborn, obviously he wants to play his style of play, who doesn't want to be a role player. And why these teams are still paying him, I do not know. He doesn't show that he can be a guy who can lead a team, who can right. be a, a team player, who can be consistent every night, who is not going to kill your pockets. I will say I don't this. I go to the fifth. Go ahead. Yeah. I will say this. The Clippers are interested. What if he's the third option on that team? You got Kawhi, Paul George, and he just has to do what he does. Kawhi and Paul George are doing what they're doing, but he just asked. <laughs> that's I'm the so only tired. option. That's the only option, but that's that's rare. That's going to be a rarity. I'm tired of Paul George. I'm tired of Kawhi Leonard. I'm tired of James Harden. I'm tired of Patrick Beverly. I am tired, <laughs> bro. Right on the list. <laughs> they've been in the. They've been in LA for what three years now. I believe so. Hasn't showed anything for it. Kawhi hasn't shown anything for it. PG hasn't showed anything for it. Them playing their style of play is not making them go to the NBA Finals. And adding James Harden is going to be worse. 
Take James back. Harden, yeah, it's got no five steps five, back, yeah, and then they're right. gonna shoot five it, shoot it from half court. That's what we gonna do. Five steps back, step that dribble, 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 dribble. Yeah, that kind of sounds like a disaster. I know some people have, have been intrigued by the Harden and the Clippers. I'm like, that kind of sounds like like a mess. Yeah, he could he could do his style of play, but for for how long? Right. Do they want to win? Like, I know he was excited getting Kawhi and Paul there, but Paul has been hurt. Right. Kawhi's been hurt. No supporting the Cavs guys. It's just, it's just a Clippers have been terrible. It's a disappointing since the, the run. Owner, it's been a disappointing run. Since the owner called everybody N word. That's where it goes. That's where it goes, bro. That's that's we can all we can all take it back to Dallas Sterling. <laughs> yes, that's when they went down. That's when they went down. That's when they went downhill, bro. They couldn't win. The Lob City era they, couldn't couldn't recover. <laughs> bro, they had everybody: Jamal Crawford, bro, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. Oh, I don't man. know. They tried Talk to blame it on Doc Rivers. Yeah, and they had JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick, man, come on team was crazy. That's it was <laughs> insane, bro. Lob That's an City insane era. team. Oh, and they had three-point shooters and wing defenders. They had everything look good on paper. This, I don't know. They just can't is that the ultimate on-paper team? I think that's the ultimate on-paper team. I really think oh, that no, no, is. Oh, no, 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 no. That has to be. When Kyrie went to the Celtics. Oh, yeah. Oh, bro. Jalen Brown, Jason Tennant, Kyrie, Marcus Smart, Al Horford when he was still young. They had um they still had Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward. coming off the injured injury. Like, come on, bro. Cause we oh, said on paper they look good. We kept saying that. But Man. yeah, them them guys was definitely on paper too. They were they were tough, but they just couldn't figure it out. And James Harden going over there, they definitely gonna figure it out. They're gonna start talking in Mandarin. I don't <laughs> They gonna not be on the same page. It's gonna be yeah. so much in the headlines, so many distractions. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and now transitioning to, to the Lakers and, and Bucks for agency moves. Um, you know, from Milwaukee, they were able to bring back Brooke Lopez and Middleton at reasonable prices. Um, all, and also keeping Crowder and bringing in Beasley on the minimum were, were both underrated signings. And the Lakers, you know, they they brought back a lot of, a lot of their core: Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura. I'm um, also added some players: Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes. Um, Gabe Vincent, and, and I really like what the Lakers did in terms of in terms of just staying young and and kind of deciding to go with that type of core. And then the Bucks, obviously, their core is, is vital to them, and they kind of stayed pat. Like, yeah. like, what did you think about these two teams' free agency moves? And were there any other teams that, that kind of stood out to you uh, this free agency? So Lakers, phenomenal getting these young guys. Getting Austin Reeves back was, I think, the biggest win, and um, adding go. Gabe Vincent, yeah. Adding game vision one two game with uh even with LeBron because I think LeBron can to want to run two game with Vincent because he was right. phenomenal with the Miami Heat and also with AD and then looking at the only thing I say that I didn't like them retaining D'Angelo Russell I didn't like that yeah. I thought I thought they could have shipped him out they could have shipped him out probably got another another guy there's a lot of people still in the free agency they could have could have got they could have got another big guy could have got a number four or even a number five. Um, for that matter, but D'Angelo Russell is so inconsistent. But I think they're saying, hey, let's see what he does for a full year. We got him right. at the tail end of the season. Let's see. And then they're probably, if he doesn't do well, they're probably dealing away then. But 
I do I do love what the Lakers Lakers has done. They they answered supporting cast bench uh, problems. They got some three point shooters. They got some some guys that I thought were very interesting. Cam Reddish and um, Tareem Prince. Um, I think yeah, the Cam Reddish signing was interesting. I, I wasn't very interesting. I think he he still has a decent ceiling that he hasn't touched yet. I think he's he's a decent uh, wing wing guy, and I think he has spurts of shooting, making the big shot. Him and Prince, I think both guys are are streaky and he, who can hit the three point shot, and that's I think that's what they were looking for. Yeah. But obviously, they're going to come off the bench and play with uh you know different different roles and different uh sets of different uh basketball teams. So I think that's what they were looking for. Coming off the bench, you know, being decent win defenders and, and making a big shot. I think that's all they're going to ask from them. But I do think that, I mean, that answers a lot of questions because they didn't have a lot of an extensive bench. Mm. They, they didn't. They had some guys they just threw in trying to figure out, okay, you got to step up somehow. So I think they answered a lot of questions. And then you look at uh, what the Buck have, Bucks has done. Retaining Chris Middleton was, I mean, obviously is. You have to with you know yeah. Drew Holiday. Then they re-signed uh they re-signed Jay Crowder, which I thought was interesting. He really didn't he, he didn't really didn't really do that much. That was yeah. <laughs> that was necessary. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand that retain retaining him. And but I do think them getting Chris Middleton back and Brooke Lopez, I thought were, were great moves because they they just so well with Giannis. And they yeah. know what Giannis can do and what can do, what he can't do, and they 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 pick up the slack for each other. They're a real true team, and that's how they won the NBA championship. Yeah. Uh, and then Malik Beasley, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna see what that what that pick what that pickup looks like. But I think Jay Crowder they could have left alone. I think Malik Beasley is one of those guys we will try to figure out as they go along. Go along. I, I, uh, I'm indifferent about that pickup, but I think they should have let Jay Crowder go because why is he still here? Unless they got, you know, pennies on a dollar Same way we thought about Russell. Contract. Same way we thought about Russell with the Lakers. Like, there's just, there's just certain guys you don't really have to keep around. As long no. as you got two or three, like, you're good, but he wasn't necessary. It makes me wonder what his contract was because he probably right. was penny on a dollar. Like, he yeah. probably got a good contract. It was like, okay, I will keep you because we know you can do certain things. Probably on the back end, so I don't know. But I thought the Lakers was the best. Who who had the best oh, moves sure. in yeah. the uh, free agency? You, I would say the Warriors, but <laughs> not sold. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, hey, light years ahead, as Bob Myers. I mean, he's he's, he's no longer there. But as Bob Myers said, light years ahead. We're always thinking ahead. Yeah. So if that small ball thing is true. They really are one of the ahead of the game. Because <laughs> literally, what people are already doing because they have nobody's drafting power forwards and centers this year. So right. I think they're looking towards Gary, like okay, because I don't think Chris Paul and Draymond is going to be on the court together that long. I think he's it's gonna, gonna be like split, mix it up. Time. Yeah, so we'll see how that how that how that looks. And, and, and before we move on to the album reviews, you mentioned Lillard to Boston, like. Let's say hypothetically Lillard does end up in Boston. Like, what would you say is the East hierarchy? Like, in terms of just like, hey, these are the teams that are going to be like at the top of that that food chain. Celtics is definitely going to be the top of the food chain. Damian yeah. Lillard makes them immediately oh, better and gets them over the hump. They obviously you still got the Bucks. You still got the Heat. They lost a lot of players, but I think they're still a good basketball team. 
A lot of guys are coming back. Hero's coming back off the hand injury. I think he'll be yeah. fine. And then, you know, they'll they'll start filling in the pieces because there's a lot of guys in the free agency that's left over that are really good players. Mm-hmm. But I think you still have, obviously, self-discipline number one, then the Bucks, then Miami, then the 76ers. And I think that's the top four. Everybody else is kind of yeah. like, you know, because I'm, I'm – and, and and I know we're not, but I do think what what I'm looking for most this season, upcoming season, is the Kings. Oh yeah, the West too. Yeah, you can mention the West too. Yeah, because I, I am. Well, sure. not just I just want to like mention yeah. them because that that phenomenon at the the second half of the season. Now you got a clean slate. What are you going to do? Right. And I haven't seen them make any moves. They've been so quiet. They've been really quiet. Really quiet. So I'm interested to see it. But I think hierarchy in the East, that's, it's, it definitely will be the Celtics if Damon Lillard went over there, then Bucks, then the Miami, then the 76ers. And then the West, I'm thinking like Denver, LA, Phoenix, Warriors. Is that, is that kind of – probably that mm-hmm. makes – yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think that's Denver going to be good for a yeah, couple Denver's of years. They retain everybody but um, Bruce Brown. He was a good player. I think they'll replace him, but they retain everybody besides him. Run it it's back. It's going to be scary. It's just time to run it back. <laughs> it's going to be scary. Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> um, and, and after this thing to our first album review with Janelle Monae's The Age of Pleasure, um, in this new project, you know, it's a high concept of Afro-tourism of earlier albums and the R&B shaped her, you know, blends Afrobeat, reg- reggae, and laid back soul into kind of a, a hazily intoxicating feel of different soundscapes. Um, what were your initial takeaways of this album? Because, you know, this was one, like, it it did feel like a mixture of sounds. Um, it did feel like a very groovy type of album. And um, it, it just, it, like like I was saying in the description, just kind of blends a lot of different soundscapes. Yeah, man, this was, uh, <laughs> Janelle Monet has been a, a, a killer music for a time now, even with her, oh, with you know, back at BET, dancing, all her, she's a, a performer. She's a great performer. True performer. Her music is, yeah, her music is really dope. It's like that, like you said, it's a mixture of things, but it's like that, you know, I want to call it, it's a mixture of artists. It's a mixture of old school and 80s. It's a mixture of, you know, yeah, it's like, it gets you pumped, but it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, it's a great sound of music. She knows like it, when to it, turn it up and when to turn it down. I feel like yes. that's that like she really she's mastered that that trait. And it's it's funky. Yeah. Oh, it's so funky. It's it's so it's instrumental, has it's 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 it's, it's bro, I'm stuttering. It's, it's really groovy. good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, groovy. It just, it's it, like, it, just, it just puts you in a mood, man. Like her, I, I I love this. I love this. <laughs> like you just want to start dancing like James Brown, bro. Like <laughs> it's just a funk. Like you don't hear this anymore. And it takes artists like Janelle Monet to like bring it back to the remind of what music was before this new age of music. I don't know where we're going now. I don't know who has the ore. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I, like when we're, we, I'm we not are. Sure. I'm not gonna. <laughs> there's an album we're gonna talk about in a, a couple of ones that I just I don't get. <laughs> I just it's just it makes you really think like, hey, can we just go back to just real music? <laughs> it's just a request. Can I? Can we just? It's just a request. Like Janelle Monae. I, I I like the fact, just me personally, that she, this was a reminder album of like, hey, yeah. this is what music can be. This is what music was just. Like you said, the James Brown era, it was just supposed to make, in our parents' generation, it was just supposed to make you feel things. It was just, yeah. just supposed to put you in a good mood. And that's what this album does. Yeah, it does. 
Reminds you of <clears throat> Earth, Wind, and Fire, Gap Band. Yeah. All those, and then, I you know, that. Prince, like all the instruments, because she played, you know, it's just like a, it's funky, man. And I think we need to get back to that sound. And it takes a movement. And it's going to take the the younger generation listening to the older generation, which is going to be a struggle. And it's already a struggle. You know, that's and going to be we, a long, disgu- long discussion. And as I would we transition. Love like a music, I would love like a music forum, like just like, uh, like an interview <clears> where <throat> we have like the older artists, the, the, the current artists and the younger artists, just like in a roundtable discussion about like where music is going. I think that would... And, yes. not, and I know it won't happen, but I'm saying like, I think it will be just a great discussion. Like, well, let's just talk about where music's going and where it was. I think because I'm obviously we get like little bits and pieces with the show that um, LeBron has at the barbershop shop. or whatever. Yeah, the, shop. the shop. They have different artists come and go and explain different things. And I think let's just, do just I mean, artists, yeah. just artists bring them together. Old, new, like Rakim is still alive. Curious One is still alive. Like there's guys who were pioneers of what rap was. Like meth, bring Method Man to the table. Yeah. Like hip hop was it was a movement, a pioneer movement of a voice for black people. Now I don't know what the voice is. So I think that's an excellent idea. I don't know who needs to do it. They do all these verses, and I think Timbaland or whoever need to bring do yeah. this like a documentary. He's got that yeah. Bring Drake to the table. Bring J. Cole, Eva Kendrick. Yeah. Like, bring these guys to the table and understand where music is going and where it was. That's what I would love. I would love a big three discussion of J. Cole, Drake, and Kendrick. I know they would never do it, but I would love to just see those three guys together just, just talking. Just like, to I, talk, bro. <laughs> it'll never happen, obviously, never because happen, of... Yeah. It won't happen because of Drake and Kendrick. Yeah, they got some. J. Cole is cool with Kendrick and obviously Drake is cool with J. Cole. J. Cole is like the middle man out of this. Yeah, this, like, this guys, can we just get along? <laughs> can we just get along? J. Cole's like me, like the middle child. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, I'm just trying to understand things. We're all good at what we do. Yeah. That's all, yeah. But Definitely. yeah, and I would love to like have uh, a verses for old school music and new music. Like, like put like like a random rapper now against like the old school rappers. Mm-hmm. Like I think that would be dope in just lining music up. And I, I don't know if it will align perfectly well, but just, I don't know. I thought that'd be a good idea, but yeah, them sitting down and talking about where music is going and the influences of music. This is what me and Savon do. We're just brainstorming. This is, it just, it just got me. <laughs> I wish we had the connections to do this. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. That would be super dope. You, you have to document that. You have yes. to do a documentary on it. It has to be a long, long thing, long drawn out, thoughtful uh, movement because it has to have a, like Quest a Love, yeah, he, he had a documentary last year, like summer. Yes. So I, I like, like even like somebody like him. He just documenting music, and I, and I wish like yes. more artists because Quest Love is a very creative guy. Like put mm-hmm. it together documentary. That's something I have big admiration for. So just documenting something like that and then bringing it to the forefront on Hulu, it's just it's just a smart move. I'm gonna add him on like Twitter or something. See if he uh. Like, hey, bro, I got a great idea. You should, yeah, and just ask. I would do it because he seems like a yeah. very open. He honestly seems like open minded guy. Like on his podcast, he's like, "Yo, listeners, like if you want to say something, just just DM me or something." You know, he's just a very like open man. <laughs> really, I'm a DM. Him. I'm gonna see, and I'm like, just make sure you give me credit. Make sure you do a full scope podcast full scope. credit. <laughs> so there's this podcast called Full Scope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and, and now get into our next review with, with the Alchemist uh, uh, flying high. Um, in this new solo EP, showcases uh, our already hand claps for our guy, for our guy who, who never lets us down. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. But, but uh, in this new solo EP, he showcases just a small but a solid glimpse of his abilities as producer. Even with the opener, R.I.P. Tracy just had a, a unique front as well, and he had collaborators such as Earl Sweatshirt, Bodie James, uh, Larry June. Like to me, even though this was extremely short, it always it almost seems like just the right amount of what you need from the Alchemist because it's like he can encompass a lot into a small portion. Some artists they they don't know how to just like be brief, be concise, get to the point. He can do that so well and bring together so many forces. To, this was just a smooth listen. It's it's good music. It's good hip hop. He just it, it checks all the boxes. This is what the Alchemist does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, <laughs> from man, yeah, this was like, bro, that's why I like him so much because yeah. he could go in any pocket, and I think for this, obviously for this one, he stuck to like real true hip hop. And uh, it gave me a new perspective of Larry June, too, that he could adhere to true hip-hop. And I think his voice was made for true hip-hop. And I think, yeah, and he kind of, obviously, you make your own sound. But I think if he was just to be like a like a guy who just rapped on Boom Paps or whatever, I think he would be even more, now nah, he probably won't be even more popular. It's still taking that's you why time he... to warm up to Larry June, I can tell. <laughs> you want to give him a chance, but like, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like redundant when his, when his, his stuff, I mean, I still it's like not... the album, the, the, the album him and Alchemist put out earlier this year, man. I just, I, I still did like, not it. like it. I did <laughs> not like it. It was, now, redundant, I will say this. I know, I know what, I know if you just heard that album as an instrumental, you'd be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> the beat production was crazy. It was yeah. it was certain songs that were really, really good at him rapping on it. And like, you know, him giving his his style of uh, music on it. It was just like, after a while, it's like, I, I'm hearing the same thing. Like, it's like your voice. It's like, he does not change. Yeah, He's so like consistent <laughs> with it. Switch it up. Go this way. Like, give me a fish. Like, you know. You know, you know how we say, like, with, with Jack Harlow, we don't hear that urgency. It's like so many times, like, because, like, even on his last album, Jackman, there were some really good soulful beats. But at times he just was just still like, I'm just still laid back. I'm just chilling. It's like, it wasn't I'm like that a, intensity. You know what I mean? Like, just going I'm after I'm just a it. Jewish kid. <laughs> I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> Derby, <laughs> nah, man. Yeah, it's you gotta. Fi- you, your voice is an instrument. You have to figure out because even with me rapping, I have to change my voice for certain beats to add. It's because it's a, it's literally your voice is an instrument to the production. You're just adding right. to the production, so you have to hear and listen. That's how we get the great melodies from all these rappers and singers. But you have to change it up. You have to go with the beat you have to be the beat and with larry jew and jack harlow it seems like they they never want to switch up they never want to add that extra element that'll make the song even better and sometimes you get saved by a good hook somebody singing the hook for you or something and in jack harlow's case he's he's been saved a couple times by some good hooks because what's popping and then 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 nothing it's an incredible hook yeah yeah that's a credible hook but it's versus yeah yeah. 
not 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 much and and I, and I will say this the the I, I I enjoyed the fact that he was able to address different topics in the last project, but I think what was missing was the fact that hey, can you can can the voice change? That's that's really what it was for me. You're addressing things, <clears throat> but it's just like if you if that voice is the same like on beats that are asking you to do something different, that's when it just becomes like hey, what are we really listening to? It just it just sounds stagnant. Yeah, and that comes with cadence. All the people that we give flowers and props to take Nas. Nas know when to switch it up. Nas know when to change his voice to get get lower, get higher, pitch changes, cadence. That it that what makes a good rapper, a good MC. Like right. those are characteristics of that. Even Jadakiss. Jadakiss voice is so raspy, but he knows how to change it up, how to get new melodies out of his voice. Who else got a crazy voice? Rakim, Rakim had a crazy oh, sure. deep voice, yeah. but he knew how to rock it. He knew how to change the cadence. He knew how to bring more out of his voice. So it goes into it. If you want to be a rapper, it's, this is day and age, man. Nobody care about the characteristics of being a good rapper. See, back in my day, brother. <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> man. That's why this table talk is needed, man. It is. It's, it's highly, highly needed. Um, and, and now getting to our, to our next uh, album review with Lil Uzi Vert's Pink Tape. Um, in, in this new album. <laughs> man. <laughs> Say mom's face, man. I got to catch that. <laughs> man, this this was, I, we were, I was joking about it last week about like how The Alchemist was dropping. And then I said, hey, listeners, Savon's going to be listening to The Alchemist, not Lil Uzi Vert. Because th- this is just, it's one of those albums, Rage Music, as they call it, has never been something I've been interested in. Um, random conf, you know, confluences of sound. It just, it just doesn't have, and I'm not trying to say that he's not talented, but to me, it doesn't work for me in terms of just like what's appealing to listen to. And 26 songs of this, this as well. This was the first time it was like really hard for me to like <laughs> get through an entire album. Like I didn't. I didn't even want to finish it. I was just like, hey, like, is there any way I can just like speed this up? Just hear something else, hear a feature. But bro, this 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 didn't do it for me. What, what were your thoughts? Why do you have bonus tracks? <laughs> That's what, what I was <laughs> That's already 50 souls long. I was like, Uzi, we don't need any more. Bro, this was in an abomination. I wasted. Why was this released? Why was this even released? Because <laughs> of that one song, and I don't even know what it. The one yeah, the rock. Like, bro, <laughs> that don't mean make more songs like it. And then he said, this w- "If this goes number one, I'm gonna drop another album." I'm like, Uzi, please, please don't, don't drop anything else <laughs> for years to come. Or this should be. This is going to keep us occupied. We got twenty six of these. We're good. Yeah, and you gave us bonuses. Okay, all right. You, okay, yeah. This I, I have nothing good to say about this. It was, it was not good because, like you said, it, he's he's talented. Yeah, talented doesn't always mean we got to listen. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt, brother. Put it on a hat. 
put it on a wristwatch because, bro, this is twenty no twenty six songs. I I skipped some. I went to either with the Don Tolliver song, trash. Still, I, I like that's when I really knew that album had no and I and 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 I know there's some. I'm seeing a lot of people out there that do like it. I don't. I'm I, I'm just I'm just saying from my from my standpoint when I when I when I heard the Don Tolliver feature didn't even work that's when I knew like there's there's no hope for this album. Man, they are so loyal. I don't even call it loyalty because I'm realistic when it comes to music. Even I'm a huge Drake fan, and I use myself as an example always. Huge Drake fan, but when Drake drops some crap, I'm going to say it's crap. This is not good. And I'm not going to double back because I still don't like that one album where he was all this singing, dancing. Don't like that one. I do not like all the songs when he did the collaboration with 21. The last song he dropped, I was definitely not messing with that. So I'm realistic. These guys are on He's got to wait for all the dogs. He's got to wait for all the dogs. He's got to wait for all the dogs. <laughs> He's all the dogs. <laughs> what are you saying like that? <laughs> So like, you just say what all the dogs. You just say all the dogs. <laughs> I hope this is good. I hope it's good. Yeah. I hope it's really good. I hope he's going back to the roots. Because he said, what he said, they say they miss me. Yeah. They miss the old, old, old R&B Drake. There's, there should be a lot of R&B on this, <clears throat> this one. So. Hopefully. Yeah. I think he, yeah. But I, 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 I like R&B Drake. I like R&B Drake. I like the, <laughs> the, the, the you know, the jungle. uh uh-huh. The, yes. the, the jaded, the feel no ways, feel no ways. Yes. I just, oh I like, I, my! If he goes gosh. back to that, I would love that. Feel no ways is incredible, bro. <laughs> That's an incredible song, <laughs> man. Incredible song. That's what I'm Trying saying. To make me feel away on purpose. Oh gosh, bro. Come on, <laughs> that was too relatable. <laughs> bro, nah. even uh, redemption, like redemption, was crazy. Like Drake is so so freaking talented, it's, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. Insane. It's not even fair. <laughs> and he can't sing for real, and it works. I don't understand how has he been able I, to do that for this long. <laughs> shot for I, me. <laughs> Come on, bro, now. fire song. Take a shot for me. Oh, oh like, bro, you really not singing good. And I pay it. I really listen to the production and how you sing it. I'm like, bro, they really productive the crap out of this because he really Noel cannot and sing. Noel 40 are saving your life. <laughs> They're going crazy. <laughs> crazy. Like, doing it wrong, bro. Yep. When a good thing goes bad, it's not the end of a world. Bro, it's like, you really not singing, but the worst, but yeah, it Drake is. so fire, yeah. <laughs> Drake is Drake, man. R&B Drake is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're going to come like that for all the dogs, even like rapping, like you do dance hall, like they say Drake has a, a formula. So, so we're going to get Houston. We're going to get dance hall. We're going to get R&B. And we're going to get some bars. I love it. Sign me up. Sign me up for it. <laughs> hey, hey, sign me up. <laughs> we're still good with it. <laughs> yes. No hesitation. Definitely. Um, and now interesting to our next album review with Moon, Moonchild Starfruit. Um, this is the fifth album from the L.A. Trio, and it showcases the respect musical understanding that they have for each other. And there's just, you know, beautiful melodies and personal lyrics in here. This is just such a such a good uh, feel overall in this album. Um, the, the production, the, just the band elements, like 
a, a, a true band, honestly. I mean, like, I would love to. I don't know if, they, if they've done a tiny desk or something like that. I think they would be incredible. They have. Just, oh, they have? Oh. Yeah, they I'm, have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Because they, they, they just have so much chemistry, man. And, and this was a another great body of work. Oh, yes. Oh, Moonchild is, her voice is so amazing. And it's to be, to, to stay up there for that long for many songs. And it's insane. And bro, Faye can play any instrument, make anything sound funky. Even with rap, with, um, what's the rapper? Uh, 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 yeah. Love I Need with Rhapsody. Oh. Fire song. Yeah. They dropped that as a single. Fire song. Single song too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely a single song. Definitely a single song. So listen to their music is really dope because I love instruments. I love hearing saxophones. I love hearing guitars, drums. So you get all those elements of, of that as well as good music, good lyrics, and they're so versatile. It's not going to sound the same and you're not going to get tired of it. You're going to want more because I still listen to all the other albums faithfully. Because oh, yeah. if you want to vibe out, you got it's, it. It's, it's, you just want to... Ch- like if you want to like get up and like you know dance, you're gonna get that from them. You're gonna get everything you need from this music. Moonchild is stamp the proof. Bonky. How good? How good was their tiny desk from one to ten? One to ten? Yeah. Lot. I think I'll give it a seven because how she sings, it's live without the other like mixing and mastering. Uh, I see. It it's, it sounds the same, but you can, it, it sounds like she's straining a little bit. Because she's she's high up there. Yeah. She's really high. But I do think it was really good. I do think it was live is really good. Um, but I give it a seven. I wouldn't give it anything above that, being realistic. But I think you sh- you'll still enjoy it. Um and now getting getting to, to our to our next review, a throwback review with Party Party Next Door, self-title album, Party Next Door. And this debut project, there's just so much melodic finesse with the wordplay of a rapper and has production similar uh, to take care in, in certain aspects. Um, go, going back to this project was like uh, uh, a, really a time capsule because this, this was just, he was just in his pocket the entire project, in his element. This was just like, bro, like this is timeless music, man. Like, I want to hear this party again. But, but, but I mean, overall, what, what did you think? Because they recently had the 10 the year anniversary for it. Um, everybody loves this project. It's one that just takes you back to a certain time and still sounds fresh today. <laughs> You, yeah, man. You realize he was the goat back then too. Party, man. Party is so great at what he does because he can't sing either. Just <laughs> be honest. Another guy, <clears throat> but he knows how to write first and foremost, and he knows how to ping things together and 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 create pockets inside the and put things in those pockets when to do things it's like how he constructs his songs is really i think strategic because he's not like this extreme vocalist it's sometimes muddy the waters of being a rapper and then some being r&b so he's straddling the line a lot in his music but it's so melodic and it's so the production is so crazy and it's so so different that you just gravitate to it and he's been doing that for a long time i think i became a fan of um the one album we had recognized on oh yeah and then you go back and you listen to the old older older music i think it, no 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 i can't be a fan of i'm tripping well it's <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> 
I'm thinking of the Road Project. I'm thinking of it as one of his mixtapes. Party Next Door. This album was so crazy. Now oh. let me retract what I was saying. <laughs> Bro, this is so crazy. First of all, how do you how do you sample um uh uh break from Toronto? That's simple. Ah. No, mm-hmm. no, no, that's not that's yeah, that and that's then what's what's good. Uh, curious, bro. This album is so fire, bro. From beginning to end, and then when you get over here and Drake just kill it, balling. Yeah, this is when I became a fan. Okay, let me. This, yeah, this is that. Yeah, this is exactly when I became a fan (laughs) of Party Next Door. This was extreme, incredible. And again, he's not really singing crazy. He's straddling the line of being a rapper and an R and B and guy. But it's so his production is so crazy, and his writing ability is so crazy. And I mean, you just can't deny that man. And he gets better every time he drops an album. After yep. he dropped this, he dropped Party Next Door Two, which was ten thousand times better. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't skip a song. I don't start skipping songs. Bro, <laughs> listen, man. Different song. I don't start skipping songs until he gets to um, Party Mobile. No, no, yeah, Party Mobile. Party Mobile. That's when I start skipping okay. songs. That's twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah. So if I, bro, that's a that's that's really <laughs> that's good. a crazy to run. Not, that's a crazy <laughs> run to be able to. I don't skip any song. I just let it play. He's, yep. Yeah, he's he's really good, versatile. But this this album really set to put him on a map. And um, and I think this was started his writing career too, writing for other people. Yeah, He's a really good writer. Yes, excellent writer. He's dropping a single tonight. Resentment. I saw that. Um, I'm interested. After that last one, we were <laughs> we're not feeling that last one. <laughs> I don't know where he at. He need to he need break he need to break somebody's heart or get his heart broken. <laughs> Because he says that he's like, I don't get in the studio unless something happens. I need some some yeah, type some, of, some type of yeah, motivation. Situation. So I hope he got his heart broken. That's terrible to say, but we get great <laughs> it music. Really we need good art. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mahalia, been a while, man. Mahalia is dropping her album next next Friday. I saw um, that too. I'm interested Scott in that one too. He's dropping Utopia sometime this month. Uh, Post Malone. Post Malone is dropping his album 28. Oh, Posty, uh, Posty's off the drugs. He's dropping, bro. He's he's Sorry. coming back again. He's coming back again. He dropped one last year. He's coming back again. Like, is there any upcoming music, um, either from those artists or any other artists that you're kind of looking forward to, um, coming up? Um, no, nah, not really, not really. I think I'm satisfied this year, to be honest with you, yeah, man. It's been a, it's been a good year. Oh, currency, bro. Currency just dropped something last week that we got to review. For next week with Harry Potter. Yes, called Vices. It's a nine song album. Oh, because everybody's been talking about him and Freddie Gibbs not beefing, but not wanting to work together. He said, Freddie Gibbs said that uh, Currency crapped on their collab album. I guess, I don't know. Interesting. But yeah. They had a collab album. My goodness. (laughs) Yeah, they had a collab album. Wow. They said it was pretty good. Currency to me, man, is he's climbing the ranks. Like, 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 like we said, um, I like what he, like he did, what he did on the Jermaine Dupree project and feature mm-hmm. feature wise as well. The Killer Mike, yeah. I think he, he can work well in features as features also. He's just very versatile MC. Curious to being on the radar for a long time, and he's he's not your everyday music. 
I think he like he falls under the category with Big Crit because a lot of people don't listen to Big Crit all the time. I think that Southern because you know currencies from uh, I think New Orleans. Yeah, and he has that that Southern slow like vibed out car ride music that people don't listen to all the time. But he's a vibe. Big Crit is the same way. He got that Southern, yeah. but he give you a, in live concert. Big Crit is amazing. And them guys are really slept on. I think currency, if given the opportunity to get in the spotlight, I think I think people will rock with him because he has a sure. good sound of music, real good Steve sound of music. Spotlight. Yeah, Cecily. I'm Savon did say I haven't forgotten the Cecily album. That's the one I'm looking forward to. That's yes, the one I'm okay. To <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, I'm waiting to see it's what she brings quiet. to it's the. Been a little yeah. quiet recently, but but I, I hope she puts something together. Hope is a good quiet. Not like yeah, I'm taking not, not sabbatical. Like the, I'm taking, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like oh, I'm I'm cooking right now, so yes. I'm really quiet because all those singles have been nice. Yeah, she's been nice. We I need a full on project about something. Has to be creative. Don't give us the same R and B thing that everybody give us. Be creative. I will never forget the first time I played the song. That's <laughs> uh, uh, or we reviewed that song. You're like, I thought this was a gospel single. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I really did. I really did. And yeah. she blew me away, man. Every every single she's dropped, I've been a real big fan of that. It's in rotation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Ray Review. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into our Ray Review. And to start the overview, Ray's a 2004 biographical musical drama film focused on 30 years in the life of rhythm and blues musician Ray Charles. The independently produced film was co-produced and directed by Taylor Hackford. The cast includes Jamie Foxx, Kerry Washington, Clifton Powell, Harry Lennox, and um, Terrence Howard. It had a budget of $40 million and brought in $124 million into the box office and had a 79% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Ray received many accolades, nominations, and was nominated in six categories at the Academy Awards. Um, but it started off, like, what were your initial thoughts on this being a film that was just an energetic portrait of a great musician's achievements, but also, you know, personal short- shortcomings as well? Man, first of all, Jamie Foxx was phenomenal in this movie, man. This this was up there with Malcolm X, the, you know, Denzel depiction of Ma- Malcolm X. And then also Ali with with Will Smith. I thought yeah. Will Smith did a phenomenal job with Ali. So these depiction of these 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 icons is amazing. And Ray, I think Ray Charles was like spot on, bro. Like from the mannerisms, <laughs> from the, the the voice, just like bro, it was crazy, bro. Yeah. But um, when you get past that, you you like look at the life of Ray Charles and where he came from and what he had to go through and how many hoops and hurdles to be able to go through and being blind and being one of the the greatest talents of uh, music you've ever seen. Man, it's yeah. insane, and it's always good to to know about their stories, even their shortcomings, like you said. But um, it, it seems like all people in that time were. <laughs> Just like this terrible, even old Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> even good old MLK. <laughs> <laughs> even old good old MLK, man. Man, <laughs> but but I mean, it, it is like the 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 honesty in terms of just being like somebody can be talented, but also not the best morally in terms of just decisions in terms of what is the best for their family? Like, do you feel as though that's just a natural, even we see with athletes, some athletes don't have the best lifestyle in terms of making the, the smartest decisions. 
um, musicians as well. Like, do you think that that's just a natural thing that we've kind of we've there's a rarity that that follow kind of like the straight and narrow path, but then there's the majority. You're gonna get those like middle lines and just you know not not a, not a not not the best decisions. Oh, for sure, because it's it's access, right? And, yeah. and availability. There's so much access when you're on the road, you make bad decisions because it's there. And it, it's extremely rare for a lot of ball players to be able to, not you know, musicians or whatever, entertainers, I would say, to even doctors, or just people in general to make yeah. the right decision because sometimes it's just access and availability and that, that temptation of not, not doing or wanting to do it. So I think that's why I was so well known back then. A lot of entertainers were into, you know, even they were married, they had other, you know, females or yeah. dipping in other things. And that's that's the way of the road. They say beware of the road. Availability and access. Yeah. Definitely. And especially when you're an A-lister like he was. You just you're gonna get any yeah. option that Kobe uh, Bryant. Yeah, Kobe as well. Definitely. Um and now getting to our first topic, you know, from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um what what would be your particular rating for this and some of your reasons? I give it four, man. Mm-hmm. It was uh it was spot on. First and yeah. foremost, it kept you engaged. It, it, it told a, a great story. Uh, obviously, some things were fabric, you know, fabricated just to, you know, because it's a movie. It's not gonna, always going to be true, but even if it's based off a true story. But I thought it was engaging. I thought it was obviously it, it, it kept you kept you on not kept you on your toes, but kept you engaged. It was a good movie. It wasn't too long. I mean, you just, I mean, the music, the, the depiction of other characters that were uh, aligned. And then you got mad in some instances too. Like, man, you're gonna do that to the, the guy who's been with you for for eons for years. Yeah, yeah, that scene was tough. Yeah, so it was it was a lot, but I think it, I give it four stars because and it was shot well to me. I thought it was especially certain certain scenes, especially when the brother died. I thought that was a great scene. I thought it was shot really really well. Yeah, and uh, I I can't do much nitpicking on it because obviously it's not gonna be a crazy storyline because it's based off a true story. So you sure. can't really nitpick nitpick a, a true story film in a way. Only thing you can nitpick is how it was shot and who who's who's the characters. I mean the characters, but who's the the actors who are playing these characters? How was their uh performance? And I mean Jamie Foxx, Harry Washington, Joe Adams, I mean Harry um Harry Lennox, all these all these these B list, A list guys did a phenomenal job. Yeah, they they definitely <clears> did. I, it's I, I I feel as though it's a four it's a four star film as well. Jamie Foxx he gives an elite performance. Um, there was tremendous storytelling as well. But you know, it, it's like you said, it's hard to nitpick a, a, a true story because they yeah. really are having to just work with realistic elements and just you know follow uh, the trail of what happened. Um, now transitioning to our, to our next topic, uh, favorite character. Um, for me, it, it's it's so hard to not pick Ray because. This is this was kind of like the dominant force in the film. Um, he was the, he was the one that was it was the most fascinating to see his rise to the top. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the challenges in terms of just hey, like the base, like not being able to see, finding finding your way around, having having the right team in your circle, knowing when you're being shortchanged, and getting people out of your circle. Like there are so many things he had to navigate to finally get to that you know to to, to the to the rising cream of the crop. Um, right. who, who overall was kind of your favorite character? Uh, <clears throat> I, I, th- I think, excuse me, I think it was uh, Aretha Robinson, obviously Sharon Warren, who who played uh, Ray's mom, mm-hmm. but she had a obviously she had a short, 
time in the film. And I think all the scenes she was in, I think she owned them. She owned them in every sense. Uh, But just the the overall character and the person she's portraying, I think what a selfless move to send your son who you can't really do anything for to off to a a better, better place of where you get a better education to be, to able to see what she's good at. Cause you on this farm and on this, in this country, you're not going to be able to do much. So I thought it was a selfless move by her to send her son to somewhere where he can get, you know, have a better chance of becoming something better than what she was in the living situations. And obviously, I mean, I was a big fan of Shane Warren's uh, performance, especially when she was, uh, with the mom was watching him trying to find places and that just the, the overall fear she had when she saw the sun in the, the tub of water. Right. Like that's, that's a true, true scene, true emotional uh, depiction of a mother who's lost everything in a split second. So yeah. yeah. I think her character is one of my favorites outside of Ray. Definitely. Um, and now getting to most of scenes, I have the impromptu edition. I'm also Little Ray Goes Blind. Mm-hmm. The Hummingbird scene, uh, Better oh. Deal. Also, No More Segregation, Stealing from Ray, and then finally a healing flashback. Um, yeah. to, to you, what were the memorable, or some of the, one or two of the memorable scenes that, that you kind of um, uh, had for this movie? Oh, every last one of them, obviously, you, you always pick the, the best scenes. Uh, I'm going to pick two that were like miscellaneous scenes. The scene with Joe Adams when um, the crowd was booing Ray because oh, yeah. he was singing the George, come on, <laughs> and he just turned the lights down and was like, oh, did bro. this thing. I thought that, that was, was such amazing. a boss move. He was like, what you do? What you do with the, with the, with the fans out there? Like it was <laughs> like Joe Adams is, uh, yeah, that, that was a dope scene. And then, um, the scene, <laughs> oh man, what was that scene? When um, ah, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know what? I can't think of it. Never mind. <laughs> I thought I had it, bro. But that's I think out of outside of other scenes that you had, that one when he turned the lights down, and that just showed what he was able to do. They introduced that character in a way like, okay, this is something he's going in a different direction, so he's going to need a person who knows what to do. And he showed yeah. that in a scene. Yeah, Definitely. Um, and, and now getting to most memorable quotes, I had, uh, she's here. She ain't ever left from Ray. Also, I'll help you mess. I'll help you mess up um, twice, but the third time you're on your own. Cause that's how it is in the world from Aretha. Also, how oh, could you do good. that? We've been through so much. We're like brothers from Ray. Also, yeah. um, if I feel the music, that means it's real from Ray. You don't have to yes. talk to Ray. You're talking to me from Joe. Then finally, how can I pity someone I admire from Della? Um, th- there were, there were so many pivotal quotes in this one. Um, also, like the, the the one where he's talking about we've been through so much, we were like brothers. Him expressing the hurt he he felt from kind of being portrayed, not being told the truth. Because like there were many times in this movie, people kind of betrayed his trust, you know, and and, and, and took advantage of him. Uh, and I thought that was a, a really kind of um, pivotal uh, quote there. What to you was kind of like the standout um, quote in this movie? Um, the ones that you said, uh, that you, that you said it was, I just had it while you were talking. I was trying, I was trying to pinpoint it. Oh <laughs> my good. gosh. I feel terrible. Like with the, with the, with the quotes, it's, it's normally I have them queued up and sometimes I have to find them really quick. Um, uh, jeez, man, look at here. I can't even. <laughs> I'm terrible right now. Nah, bro. you're good. 
because I was I was gonna I was gonna ask a question but uh, before that in terms of like you know um, Jamie Fox he is like this all encompassing talent in terms of being able to you know we, we, we did Collateral um, uh, one one of the past movies he was with it and Tom Cruise we did a review of that a couple of years ago he really is one of the forces of in terms of being a black entertainer that can just you know obviously play the piano sing be in different shows, be in movies. He can really do it all, checks boxes in every category. Like looking at what he's done in his career, what stands out to you and also what keeps him so relevant? Obviously we do want to acknowledge the fact, you know, he went through a health scare. We definitely, definitely hope he's doing, doing a lot better, but what stands out to you when you think of what Jamie Foxx has done in his career? Obviously continuing to sub roles is what may, yeah. keeps him current, but also just being, a heck of an actor and having, well, just being versatile in every sense of that word, being able to pick other stars, being able to, to, to do roles like action roles, like Miami Vice, he was in Miami oh, Vice, man. doing slave roles like Django, like being able to, to find different, different elements of characters and bring them to the screen. It's even the, the, the movie he played as a vampire killer was really good to me. And I thought it was a good, he, he did a great job in that. So he has so many things in his arsenal as an actor. And at first, obviously, it's all in grounded in being a comedian. That's what his that's obviously his, his his first true nature is being a comedian. So you you be in things like Bait or Held Up, the old films when it, in, in his is in his career. Uh, and you be in stuff like Booty Call and, and all these other films that get you there, and then you get roles like Ray. Then yep. you 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 get to uh, be in other films, yeah, more mature roles, and be able to venture out and show what you can do. I think that's what he's a great actor, man. Yes, great yes. actor. And oh, going back to the quote thing, it was for uh, Della B. Uh, she was like, "If your only your mama was here," and she's like, "She's here. She ain't never left." And yep. then. She said, um, he isn't my gift to you. He's your son. And I thought that was really dope because like, you're never here. You're always on the road. One, you don't have a relationship with your kid. Like you bringing stuff home and buying them stuff is not nearly what they need as you, as a parent and, and they want a connection with you. So I thought that was really dope. He's not a gift to you. He's your son. Yeah. So, so I thought true. it was dope. So, yeah. so true. But yeah, Jamie Foxx is, is an amazing actor. He's 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 definitely in my top five. Of one of my favorite actors. Obviously, that's Denzel, uh, Jamie Foxx, Ryan Reynolds, um, uh, William, William, William Defoe, and oh, what's the fifth one? Oh crap. Okay. <laughs> I like Samuel, but he's not my favorite. Yeah. I think I think it's Matt Damon. Bro. No, 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 no. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. My fa- no, it Leo? is Matt Damon. Oh no, no, yeah, Leo. I'm tripping. Yeah. See? Yeah. Leo, thank you. I was you. thinking, I was thinking. See, that's what we do. That's why we're here for each other. Thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. Yeah, that's my because William Defoe, man, is we all oh, know my he's goodness, freaking, bro. especially when he uh he portrayed um Van Gogh. Yes, man, what a Killer what man. a thing that was. That was amazing. But anywho, yeah, that's a, yeah. Jamie Fox is in my top five great actor. Definitely. Um, and now, just thing to to kind of like, what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, t- to me, just the fact that they kept doing the flashbacks 
um, yeah. to his mom, acknowledging what he what he came from, the family, the the family trauma that he had, obviously the with his with his younger brother dying, him seeing that that was so integral. I think he hadn't really you know healed um he healed healed from healed from that from that. What? I'm so sorry. I was about to say he didn't see that. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> proceed i'm so sorry proceed <laughs> proceed man I'm so i knew sorry. one of those was gonna come out. <laughs> i was so sorry because i was like i was running the movie in my head i was like he didn't see that and then he, he went blind after that yeah so sorry. proceed brother i apologize for <laughs> nah, <you're> good. <laughs> but, but but just that that family trauma that he was carrying like at the at the end of the movie still still crying about those memories of his mom. Like that was just something that, that was still indebted in him. Like what, did, what was pr- the particular element of this storyline that you kind of like the most? I, I love the, the flashbacks. I yeah. love the, when, you know, find him in the water, um, like pal in the water, find it. And then he put it like, Oh, the, he find his little brother in the yeah. tub. Like, I think those moments is why he started using drugs. I think try he was plagued. Yeah, try to escape and try to and was plagued by it, and then being putting himself in a deeper, deeper hole. I think the, 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 other than that, I just love. I'm a I'm a history buff. I'm mining history, so I love I love learning about people's story mm-hmm. and their faults and their 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 different you know triumphs and how good he was as an artist. And at first, it took him a while. And if any, if, if you're listening and you're doing music and you're listening to the podcast, you look. There's a lot of blueprints. See, Ray Charles was trying to be Nat King Cole, trying to be all these other people, and then when he got signed, he was like, "Yo, we didn't sign you to be those guys. We want you to be who you need to be, like who you are. We want you to create your own yeah. sound." And that's when he created his own sound. Because when you start in music, you try to be all the artists that you listen to, and then you eventually, Cole. yes, Cole. yes. And then you become the artist that you were always meant to be, or you're trying to figure out your own sound. And it's it's so it's so crazy that you see that in the old generation as well, not just the new generation of people, you know, trying to find their their niche and their sound in music and they're getting it and they just take off. And obviously Ray Charles was like you said, one of the best to ever do it. That's what crazy Drake said and thank and thank me now. That's you know, your idols your idols become your rivals. You make friends with Mike, you got AI and for your survival. Like, that's that's oh. true. <laughs> off the top <laughs> wow show off <laughs> um but, but but get into our last topic 10 years from now like do you still think this will be watch when intriguing it, it has passed the mark in so many different aspects the um the, the oscar recognition obviously we mm-hmm. talked about movies that have gotten oscar recognition but they didn't really deserve it this this one absolutely definitely deserved it it it, it checked every every mark that that we want want to have like what do you think will continue to make this just that watchable intriguing movie and that depiction you know like, like we said that self that, that self-portrayal and depiction of something that an iconic figure that we still remember to this day jamie fox yeah jamie fox is the reason why you'll watch that film yes because obviously the, the older generation don't really know who ray charles is unless they listen to kanye west and then even in that, it's Jamie Foxx singing that track. <laughs> so it's funny. But man, Jamie Foxx is the reason why you continue to watch that because you just look in awe of how great he did. And just looking at the old videos and them playing together, 
play music together and and seeing how Ray Charles was, and then you look at that movie like, bro, that is spot on. Yeah. How many man hours did you spend? And they say, I don't know if it's true. They say he glued his eyes shut yeah. to stay in character, or not glued his eyes shut, but they did something where his eyes was always shut so he can be in character. And he did that before they started filming. And I'm like, that takes a lot of discipline to be able to do this role. Because one, obviously he's blind. And then you got to do everything like you're blind. Because he still had the, he was playing for real. Like, yeah. like so it was just like the, the amount of excellent you excellence you have to have to depict this role because it's a lot of barriers. Now, as a person who doesn't have the same barriers as Ray Charles, you have to put yourself in his shoes. And to do that, you have to, you know, break yourself down. And he did an excellent job. So people will watch this film because how great of Jamie, how great Jamie Foxx did. And then if you're a music buff, you'll know obviously who Ray Charles is. Hall of Fame, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. For sure, man. And, and before we close it out, I mean, the cast, like what we mentioned, you know, Kerry Washington being being in it, also, you know, Terrence Howard. Like, was was there any other character or, or actor and actress that you kind of felt as though really? elevated the movie jamie fox did so much can make it top tier but was there any mm-hmm. other um actor that you felt as though really kind of elevated this movie sharon warren we yeah. said earlier um regina king portraying yes. mar uh mar i think it's margie hendrix she did a great job too because i didn't know that was you know the girl who said no <laughs> so i think her and Man, that scene that, where was, that song actually created. <laughs> yes, bro. <laughs> like, so then that scene where uh it was like, you laying in my bed. Like those interactions. And then obviously, um, I could never get her first name wrong, right? Uh Anjouine, I think it's Anjouine Ellis Taylor, who played Marianne Fisher. Yeah. Who was the first one before uh Regina King's character came in. I thought she did a great job too. Uh Shan Warren. Uh, I think that's who. Yeah, I mean, and then in Harry Lennox, who played Joe Adams, he's a great actor as well. He's yeah. played in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Five Heartbeats, uh, Blacklist. I mean, the list. I mean, Something Superman. Like the list goes on. Yeah, for sure, man. This this was this 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 whole movie just man. Well done. Yeah, was, well done. <laughs> I thought it was more than seventy nine percent. Rotten Tomatoes be Rotten Tomatoes. We got to talk. We got to talk one day. We got to talk like, one day. We don't get it. Yeah, we. <laughs> like, I want to know who runs them. Like, y'all tripping. This was definitely like 85 and above for sure. No, they, they gave Michael Clayton that movie we reviewed a couple months, uh, about a month ago. They're like 96%. And then Ray, they're like uh, 79, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, bro. Man, the metrics for producer are, are crazy, but that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winter Burns. I'm my kind of bar, Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.